Hi, welcome to Off Color Commentary, your go-to podcast for all things media, culture, and politics. We're your hosts, Keisha, Laura, and I'm Mayha. This week, we're wrapping up AAPI Heritage Month, sharing some Miss Marvel theories, and so much more. But first, what have you guys been up to this week? I have been catching up on some reading. I had Dating Dr. Thill on my to-read to list for months now. And when I tell you, it did not disappoint, okay? There was a certain scene, not to get into spoilers, but a fingering occurred in a shed during an engagement party. Oh. And thoughts were thunk. And that's where I'll leave you with that. And outside of that, we always talk about procedurals and Grey's Anatomy and stuff. So I decided to give Chicago Med a shot. I hate all of the men on there, but goddamn, Dr. Ethan Choi. <laughs> He's so fine. So fine. Listen. And then what else did I do? It's Mercury retrograde. So I'm not trying to do too much. I did a little bit of home renovation. My books are all pretty behind me. And that's what I've been up to. There's a little bit of exciting news for us. I don't know. We can share it now because it's all, probably already on our socials. We are going to be attending the Miss Marvel red carpet here in Toronto. Yes. <laughs> in all fairness, we I learned this news like three minutes ago. So I'm processing the excitement in silence. Mm -hmm. But no, we're very excited to have this. Me too. I'm trying to figure out like, what what do I, it's too hot for a Saudi. It's too hot. Do, mm -hmm. do I just pull out a Slovak communities, call it a day? I'm always an anarchy person. I have to I'm find a little red dress on the red carpet. A little black. I could do that. Ooh. I could definitely do that. I do have some very cute yeah. black kids. I would go with it. I haven't been to yeah. any red carpets. Yeah, I was going to say, I haven't been to any red carpets this week, but I did go see the Downton Abbey movie on not even opening night. Like technically it opened on a Friday and me and my two friends turned up the Thursday night before for the very first showing. It was one of the most like enthusiastic crowds I have ever seen in my life. We were, they had, AMC was serving like a custom Downton Abbey cocktail. It was like $20 for this singular cocktail, but it was great we the people were like cheering there was whooping there was booing there was people speaking along with the lines so all Not in all booing. oh no there were yeah i i don't want to spoil it for any fans at home but there there was a scene when people thought there was going to be a kiss and then there wasn't a kiss and people were upset but it was like that it was like this was my like yeah no this was my coachella very enthusiastic but yeah other, other i i own this i have like old british woman taste in like many things so i was there i was like opening night center seat. you know what's the vibe i get my... i it, it gives me like orange blossom perfume it's giving me <laughs> copper pans washed with salt it's that's the vibe i get whenever you talk about your passions all my cookware is copper. So. <laughs> no, listen, if I could afford copper cookware, I need you to understand I would have copper cookware. So like, I say that as after dragging you. <laughs> listen, I since then, my hurt feelings, the scars have healed and I have learned that y'all were right. You were absolutely right. Yeah, but have you gone back to the creamery? I, I have returned to the creamery for my $30 ice cream. Yes, I have. Yes. learned but not changed that's okay i did also see olivia rodrigo in concert excellent okay. I, was, I was possibly the oldest person there who wasn't like chaperoning a child but my sister and i went absolutely feral 
It was Olivia's first show back in LA in the hometown, like big performance. I felt like I was like watching my little like cousin or something go for it. I was going absolutely ham at the, when she was singing the bridge for driver's license. When she said red lights, all the lights went red and me and my sister were like falling out of our chairs. We were like groundbreaking, amazing, life-changing content. I know. She brought out Alanis Morissette. It was just absolute feral energy all around a great time was had said, she is the moment she is I was on like, now literally I was like yeah I, I was like these 14 year olds cannot keep up with the enthusiasm that I am bringing but. y'all know that Oprah that said- Oprah, it was that Oprah clip where she's she's the sister I I never had the mother we all deserve that that's absolutely I was like in general I try to avoid parasocial relationships but the reaction I was like that that's my like little sister out there I'm like go princess I'm so proud of you welcome home girl very much very much that energy I am not an Olivia Rodriguez what you said I'm not a stand do not know her music but if you like it I love it girl go it was great I yeah in terms of less high culture, my roommate and I have recently started binge watching The OC for the first time, which neither of us had ever seen. We figured yeah, we live in California, we should watch it. It's like just a big dose of early 2000s, insane white people, thoroughly entertained. It's a, a good time is had by all. What about you, Tora? What have you been doing? Okay, I have gaming to get my mind off of stuff. I've been playing Red Dead Online. And also, as you can see, I am a mother. Bitch, I'm a mother. No drama. My mommy, Yana. And I have been, I recently started binging Stranger Things 4. And I'm only watching the scenes with Erica Sinclair in them. Because only Black girl things. Black, black nerds, only Black Quarrels only, and she's giving what it's supposed to be, reading these white nerds down. There's a moment where she says gay rights, and I live for it. <laughs> Wait, explicitly? <laughs> no. One of the football boys comes to, to pick up her brother, and <laughs> she's like, he's, I'm here to pick up Lucas, and she's like, oh, this is a downgrade for Max. You, and then she's like, your boyfriend not here, but... <laughs> Love that. You know what? She's an ally and we live for it. <laughs> it's that TikTok audio that's like, love a black woman from infinity to infinity. That's what needs to play. You and I, T-Y. You know what? Speaking of TikTok, because this has been a conversation that keeps bringing ha- happening on TikTok. The whole like AAPI month, people pulled up screenshots and clips of what the AAPI tag looks like on TikTok. And... All I'm going to say is Asia houses about three point some odd billion, but those faces were looking real similar. That's it. That's all I will say. It wasn't giving me the vastness. I wasn't seeing any of the South, the Southeast, none of the West. Not West was, Asia. You gotta, we're not okay, about to I drag your partner explain. like that. He made, an, <laughs> he made an innocent mistake. This poor okay, man confused East and West. This. My partner asked my partner asked me um, who the West Asians were. <laughs> and I was like, oh, baby, at least you fine. It's a, at, at least he asked. At least he was thinking about it. Fair question. <laughs> yeah. Bonnie Tyler came in singing, I need a himbo. I feel like this always happens every time AAPI month rolls around. For one thing, where is, where is the PI? Because 
I never see any of it. I can count on one hand. The only reference I think mm-hmm. I've seen to Pacific Islanders and like any of any of the content I come across is people saying, hey, can we not exclude Pacific Islanders this year? And then no evidence that they are being included anywhere. Representation, it wasn't, what, wait, what's Diddy's girlfriend? What is she? Carisha? Do y'all not know who I'm talking about? I have no idea. Y'all gotta get into that too. It was hilarious. Listen, we'll get into it. Because honestly, you know what? Their AAPI stops that they've watched Lilo and Stitch and said, ah, culture. And then Moana came out and they said, oh, a little bit more. That's where it stops. Because I will say this, during North American Black History Month this February on TikTok, they had the whole like event where they invited a bunch of influencers to come in and meet Nikki. And a bunch of non-Black influencers showed up for whatever the fuck reason. At least we didn't get a repeat of that. They were just like, you know what? We're not, we learned our lesson. No events for any of you. Was it that they sh- showed up for no reason or did they just have an event for Black people and invited non-Black influencers? Oh, yeah, explicitly. Yeah. So, like, people were sharing screenshots of that that little invite email being like, hey, this is for Black creators. If you're a Black creator, RSVP. And yeah, as non-Black folks are wont to do, they see Black folks minding their business and say, ah, that's my lane. Let me just... Take a right turn right here. We're having a good time. I want in. <laughs> what do you I mean? hear you though. It's it's this, again it it's me. the opposite Everything thing. Everything is for me. <laughs> Everyone like cannibalizes black people's moments because God forbid they're allowed to do anything without everyone in their business. And then AAPI month comes around and no one wants to do anything suddenly. All, all I get is like going into my various streaming services and suddenly they've got their like AAPI month playlists queued up and now that there's a popularization of k-dramas it's just a series of k-dramas oh yeah it's a that's series it. of k-drama movies with one asian character in the lead that's the other thing i think especially in the west people are just so content to lie on the laurels of any asian pop culture moment that has gotten popular in its own and somehow mm-hmm. acts like this is such a breakthrough with everything everywhere all at once and like this is such a breakthrough for like Asian entertainment. I'm like, don't get me wrong. It's an incredible movie. Never seen anything like it. But why are we pretending like this is Michelle, the start of Michelle Yeoh's career as if she's not uh, been a legend for, for years? I don't know. Because I had a TikTok go viral where I literally quoted her interview with Variety, where she said, I've been waiting for this for so long. I was like, I grew up watching this woman. I am now two and a half decades on this goddamn Beyblade of a fucking planet. Two and uh, a half rotations. And I this mean, woman is just now getting to do roles that she's passionate about, really. But there's a thing, like, like within the Black community, there's a thing called, like, Black famous. Like, we will know them. They will be our icons. But within the larger, within the larger community or within American pop culture, they're not as well known. What's that show that, that everybody's obsessed with? Cheryl Lee Ralph. Mm-hmm. I've known her for so I grew up with Shirley Rouse. She was on Moesha. Like we have known her for so long. But she's she was in Dream Girls. Do you know what I mean? But her yep. getting her flowers now her finally being known that it at in the I, I don't want to say Twilight because I don't want to like, call her old. 
because she's a little she's old. She's an actor who has her tenure. She's been doing the work. Yeah. She's done right? the work. But yeah. like America does not know her for who she is, for her legacy. The first time I remember seeing Cheryl Shirley Ralph in anything was when she played the mom in Sister Act 2. And it was such a brief role there. And I was like, I re- she stuck out there. And then... Oh, I was just paralleling that with... Uh, you don't have to start talking about Black actresses. I was just paralleling that with how Asian-American actors, it there are so many that are so well-known within the community. And then... Mm-hmm when there's something that is that blows up everyone's like oh my goodness this is so groundbreaking uh and they're just now discovering this person and yeah. we've known them we've been yeah. following them we're fans where are you been? yeah just bringing it back to everything everywhere all at once because that is truly i will say like when i watched it and like it it had a staggered release so i watched it quite some time ago before everyone else globally was able to watch it and driving back, I sat in the car in silence because I just had to process what I watched. And it was, and my dad just watched it. This man, I'm, I'm sorry, father, if you listen to this, you have no taste. This man said it wasn't a good movie, a disappointment. But think about all of the Asian actors in there that people who actively engage in quote unquote Asian entertainment, because again, this is not all of Asian media. James Wong, the man has been acting for decades and he just now got his Hall of Fame star. We got, and I'm going to butcher his name, I'm so sorry, Ki Hyo Kwan, who was in Indiana Jones, and then Goonies as well. Yeah. Yes. He was like, yeah, I was like this little Asian kid who got my shot. I was ready to keep acting. And that well was dry. Not a, like very few offers were coming in. So he just stopped. It wasn't, it wasn't until everything everywhere all at once where he like was like, oh, I get to have another shot at this. And it's so disappointing because... I'm going to give you like a little spoiler for the movie. It's, I'm not going to give you any context. There's a scene in the movie where him and Michelle Yeoh's character are interacting and they're reminiscing about their childhood. And he says, in another life, I would have been happy doing laundry, like washing laundry and doing taxes with you. I was like, ooh, that hit me in a spot I didn't know was com- like that could hit. Because again, with the immigrant experience, with the Asian experience, there's always the thing of you have to excel. You have to like hit these benchmarkers. And to hear what is essentially like an Asian parent be like, yeah, no, I would have fi- I would have been fine with just living a humdrum life with you as long as we were in it together. I was like, I don't know. I didn't realize how impactful that could be. It's incredible. And I think that's what's sad overall is that Asians, Asian communities of all kinds, South Asian, East Asian, minority communities, marginalized communities of all kinds have always been making the best art for themselves. The best stories about Mm -hmm. Asian experience come from Asians. Like I've always said that the best movie I've ever seen for making me feel like my experience has been personally represented is Bend It Like Beckham. And I feel like it's a movie that (laughs) no one could have made from outside the community that comes from the intimacy of knowing these people. But the, the double-edged sword of that is that it gets so overlooked by like mainstream pop culture because ultimately, at least in the US or in North America or England or all these places, mainstream culture is still dictated by a very white gaze. 
So when occasionally a book or a movie or any piece of art does break through, it's treated like, oh, like, what a surprise. This is amazing. There's finally like a good movie. And uh, people treat it like it's proof of meritocracy. See, if you make a good movie, we'll watch it. And people don't realize that they're just getting the very tip of an incredibly large, expansive iceberg. And when we get times like AAPI Heritage Month or Black History Month or whatever, there's this tendency, especially from like big corporations and white people to act like they're doing some kind of groundbreaking work by saying, Parasite is a good movie, actually, or like K-pop artists have good music or all this type of thing, when really they're just benefiting from the very exceptional successes of industries and communities that have been producing outstanding work for years, but just don't get that level of attention in the West. Pride Month, I watched Twilight. I enjoyed it. (laughs) Not Twilight. What's the- um, Moonlight? Moonlight, sorry. I watched Moonlight. Oh, sorry. Twilight was gay, though. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Twilight was gay in the way Glee was gay, where it was homophobic and gay. (laughs) Okay. Exactly. (laughs) Like, he was supposed to be looking at Bella, but there was a longing stare. He wanted Jacob to imprint on him. <laughs> what y'all really fighting about, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's but all that kids. repressed anger and desire. Just kids. God, just touch tips or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not touch tips. <laughs> no. But, okay, no, because you brought up Bennett like Beckham. The thing that always pissed me off about Bennett like Beckham specifically is we never got to see Parminder Nagra have the career she deserved. Oh, yeah. She was, and it's especially when you look at the the two white leads of that movie, Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley? Yeah, and Jonathan Reese Myers, I believe his name is. And they both, had, he went on to the tutors. He started the tutors for years. Mm-hmm. Kira Knightley became Kira Knightley. And don't get me wrong, I've admitted Pira Drama Ho, like, I'm grateful for what Pira Knightley's career has given us, but where was that? delivered where it had to deliver. Exactly. She did what she had to do, but how is it that in one of the most, like, most Indian movies in that kind of time period, the most British Indian movies, the, the, the star who was Parminder Nagra, she made that movie what it was, just, she got nothing. She, mm-hmm. I, think, I think I've seen her since then in one other movie. It was the Horrid Henry movie, which I don't even know if that released outside of the UK because it was based on a very popular series of British children's books. It was not like a giant role. She was a very side character in that. And that is the only other thing I have seen her in since. And it's just, it's a shame that even when art is supposed to be about us, about the South Asian community or whatever marginalized community there is, as soon as it goes mainstream, inevitably, it's the white white people that are filtered to the top. Y'all know what that reminds me of, specifically because we're talking about it? The Aladdin remake. Oh my god. It was that buffoon of a white prince who was supposed to get a spinoff from the Aladdin Uh, movie. I was enraged. You know what? I was an Aladdin remake apologist. People were very hard niche, which fair, but I had a great time watching it. I because I was like, honestly, I I will forgive many things if I'm if the romance hits. And I thought that Mayna Masood and Naomi Scott had great chemistry. I was vibing. I don't think it was groundbreaking, but I I, just I remember Smith singing was <laughs> hilarious enough to play. It was I that was song that 
that song I won't keep quiet. I was cackling. I was like, is this supposed to is this supposed to elicit is elicit emotion? But you were entertained to being entertaining. You're like <laughs> I will say they fr they fried the fuck out of Mina's hair in that shit. Unfortunately, like, I don't know what flat like where in the in this fictional Southwest Asian country did they had a flat iron? What hot comb <laughs> what were I they using? Say, honestly, what I will say is that after that, I was still wishes. Okay. Yeah. What I will say is like one of his wishes was to have straight hair, straight fried hair, giving us very much early two thousand swoop bang my space. Fairness, that is what you got the time what he was giving yep but what i will say so like naomi scott i think was probably all she was already pretty well established mm -hmm. going into it i've always i really like naomi scott i think it's still a shame that role wasn't given to a middle eastern actress which it probably should have been but i don't think her career was Excuse me, West Asian. but and she's been in other things since will she ever top lemonade mouth uh, who, who can but she's got it but mina masood that should have been at least like some kind of a breakthrough for him. And We're then the dropped off the mask. Yeah, uh, the next time I saw him was in this Netflix rom-com with Laura Morano. And it wasn't groundbreaking, but I was watching it and I was like, he's charming. He's got screen presence. He's fun in this role. There is no reason why he shouldn't have had at least like a solid stream of work since Aladdin. Cause I was like, I think everyone, like there were many criticisms of Aladdin, but I don't think anyone could argue that he wasn't like watchable. He wasn't engaging. There was no reason why he shouldn't have been given like some kind of, at least get a regular gig on a TV series, anything. And I just think it says a lot that you can star in this huge movie for one of the biggest media conglomerates there are and still the random Skarsgård brothers, like weird little side character no one cared about, gets supposedly spin-off treatment just because he's white is the only explanation. Okay. Uh, honestly, okay. I think to be fair, it's something about them Skarsgård faces. I made. <laughs> I will accept. Correct. You are the, right. That's that's fair. The, the spirit of Tamara. Babe, no, that poor woman. <sighs> Ancestors don't listen. <laughs> Listen, yes. we we all have we already ha we all have a our weakness for one or two whites. We all have Scar Scarsgar's brothers. If you're listening, Torah's number is two eight one three three zero eight zero zero five. Oh no! Okay, so while we were talking, I pulled up uh, Mina Masood's IMDb page. It looks like he has been working here and there. He was in a couple TVs uh, series here and there. He was in. He has stuff coming up this year so he has the sacrifice game in broad daylight which is in pre-production the second aladdin movie which i'm like why are we doing that shit that's scheduled for 2025 and then something i don't yeah like he he has credits it's just that is it necessarily the same level of attention that say disney's favorite asian aquafina has gotten because aquafina has a consistent check a consistent check that's a black set check yeah like again you know what i mentioned it in our review of shang chi but it pisses me off to no end and it will continue to piss me off to no end until she properly makes amends that woman can actually act oh yeah that that's the worst part that is what pisses me off but because when i watched crazy rich asians i was like this 
she makes me laugh sometimes but mm-hmm. because the the accent would fall every now and then but also like there is this like certain jenny says about her that like i would like to root for her mm-hmm. if not for her refusing to acknowledge that she has milked this faux like proximity to blackness because that's what it is like Mm -hmm. because people buy black black people buy black cool but Mm -hmm. you are you have talent there is talent in you so you do not need this so what's going on sis like what is it like what you already have your foot in the door I honestly I think this is something the Asian community as a whole needs to like really take account of, which is that we understand the power structure that's in place and when we can take advantage of it because we've had to work within it. And for better or for worse, there are people like Aquafina, there are people like Lily Singh who use their proximity to black culture, the black diaspora in general, because Lily Singh was out here using Patois and Caribbean culture to her benefit and it's I will say Lily Singh's chops don't stand up the, those chops don't belong in any butcher shop but Aquafina however if she had just stuck with her work it could have spoken mm-hmm. for itself but she chose re- the easy way because she knew it would get to her there faster I remember thinking this when I was watching The Farewell which was one of my favorite movies I watched that year I was, I left almost like fuming because I was like, you are a talented actress and this is probably some of your best work and it's so entrenched in your, what is actually your culture and your community. Mm-hmm. But I cannot ignore the fact that she's got herself to this point by thriving off of like racism, essentially. She's used that to further her career and she's never fully acknowledged or apologized for it not that, that would undo it but I think she let it serve her to a point and now that her talent is able to because that's the thing like she gets cast and there's a reason people respond to her she's good in the roles she gets mostly like she was good in Shang-Chi she was awesome in The Farewell but it's like you always had that ability you didn't just unlock this magically but you weren't willing to let that get you to this point you had to right on the backs of other people basically and now Mm -hmm. that it doesn't you don't need it anymore you're just pretending it didn't happen and that's not how this works well even okay she's not even doing that this she had the gall to write a lengthy thing finger wagging at other asian people who were appropriating black culture and using aave uh and i was like the call is coming from inside the house but what who are you was this a note to sell it it must have been one of those it must have been one of those therapy assignments where they're like write a letter to yourself and that that was that's what it must have you know what and then she accidentally posted it on twitter maybe that's what happened it happens sometimes your finger slips i've had that happen i've accidentally tweeted out a nude or whatnot you realize you you come back Because I was, I just tweeted the other day, like, wondering how people will get on Twitter and ask, like, the wildest questions. I was like, do you think 
that there are people that see that forget that Google exists or they have no idea. They just think Twitter is a search engine and they have no idea that all of their tweets are showing up like that their entire search history is showing up as tweets. Yes. I think that's what's going on. Things like, why are gay people like that? To be fair, that is a fair question. Why are they like that? Somebody call Millie Bobby Brown. Tell her to bring the car around. Why can't gay people drive? (laughs) Because we're such fast walkers. What car can keep up? Now, we got to wrap this up before we fall down this Aquapina water pit. But I was, I I washed my hands. I'm just going to continue on with these water metaphors and analogies. I washed my hands of her last year or the year before. No, I think last year. She released a little statement where she was just like, she didn't, it was a full apology. It's like when you say you're sorry, but you never actually use the words, I apologize or sorry. Mm. It's just an explanation of behavior. And on off color, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. We're going to, you posted this on a public account with your blue check. So I'm going to use our public account and our blue check to call you in. And I was like, hey, Nora, let's talk. This is not an apology. This is not amends. There has been no, there's been no recompense for the harm you've done. You are not using the access you've now gained to serve the people you've harmed. Black folks are still out here trying to get you to like, at least accept some sort of culpability. And you continue that part. Like we, we can say there's no ethical consumption and money is the root of evil, but Baby, we live in a society where money matters. So if you want to make amends, open your purse. And that's where I left it. Because I was like, if if it can be, it's been years of us talking to you. Not even talking with you, because she's not listening. We're just talking at her at this point. And she doesn't want to listen. Also, we had to suffer through my badge. Every year, Clarkisha tweets that out. And I'm like, can you <laughs> let me know peace? Every year. Like clockwork, she brings it out. And it's, there are, again, there are Asian actors, there are Asian creatives like that who keep, who take up an unfortunate amount of space, bringing it back to Lily Singh, bringing it back to Simu, bringing it back to Mindy Kaling, who, all of them? None of them are funny. Okay. I'm sorry. Are you you laughing with her or are you laughing at her? Because I'll I'll laugh at her occasionally. I know how you feel. I, I know. She has this weird thing for white men that I, I, I just, what's going on, sis? To be yeah. fair, I will say this because she's so predictable. I, I feel reassured going into anything that she creates, picking a ship, because I can tell the likelihood of if it's going to happen based mm-hmm. on that. This is when I was watching the sex lives of college girls. I was like, I'm sensing a little vibe here and don't get me wrong, it was great. But I was like, I feel comfortable rooting for this because if there's one thing Mindy's gonna deliver, it's the squirrel. Yeah, so. I, think I, I think I appreciate her writing female characters as terrible. Mm-hmm. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. It's refreshing. Like still being, still like, oh, I'm going to do the most and I'm going to, yeah, I'm gonna go full girly. Like I don't need to be a tomboy or whatever that thing is where women try to like disassociate themselves from femme qualities to try and gain respect, but there's still terrible, terrible people at their core. And I guess I appreciate that. Uh, on, okay. This is, 
we need to wrap this up because we've been talking about AAPI. Actually, we've given AAPI more coverage than any company has this entire month. So you're welcome for that. <laughs> Listen, I should have had several brand deals. Your Honor, she's a TikTok influencer. Where's my check? I made a whole video where I was like, these are the things I would sell my soul for. And yet here I remain <laughs> with the soul and broke. Be like, hi, lifetime supply of ice cream. I'll do whatever you want. Or, uh, or get a, a brand deal with spoons, long-handled, fancy spoons. I only have the one of them, okay? This Leave is me how alone. you get them. Okay. To wrap up this whole AAPI debacle, specifically with Mindy Kaling, one of my TikTok mutuals, she made a video where she was basically saying that the reason why a lot of people of color, Black folks and all, the reason we're so critical of the people we, like who do harm to our communities like Mindy, like Aquafina, like in for Black folks, it's like Tyler Perry. The reason we have such strong feelings is because they are who Hollywood platforms. If we had the breadth and range to have other people create content about us, their contributions would matter infinitely less to us. And it would just be like, whatever, moving on. And I think that's what it comes down to is because they center the white gaze, and create content that's very much like spoon feeding our lives to a white audience, they get the lion's share of the funding and the attention from the executives making the decisions. Oh no, I am agreeing with you for all the reasons she's terrible. Mm -hmm. I am also telling you why I will laugh. Like I have hundreds of reasons why I am like filled with anger about Tyler Perry movies. Am I going to laugh when Medea pulls a gun out? Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, <laughs> when Medea's trying to fight a little kid, I don't, I, I'm going to laugh. Like, <laughs> No, and I fully, I fully agree with what you're saying, Keisha. I think it's the same. It's, it's a kind of vicious cycle because I honestly, I look at like Mindy Kaling's content and I think, Honestly, I enjoy a lot of it. There's a lot of it when I will, I have a good time watching. I'll laugh at it. I mm -hmm. like never have I ever. I think one thing I've always appreciated about it is baby is like a very unusual form of representation for like Indian teenage girls. Like she makes the worst possible decision every single time. It's chaotic. It's not something you see every day, but I, I think it's this vicious cycle where on the one hand, I sometimes feel like any time any representation does go mainstream, the community is always so much more critical of it. And at times I'm almost like exhausted because it's like, we can never just like brain off, be like, this is fun. It's always like pulling it to pieces. But the reason that is because we don't go mainstream all the time. Like Mindy Kaling is basically the sum total of the representation you're gonna get. If you're getting some kind of mainstream they see representation, it's it's either Mindy Kaling or like Kumail Nanjiani and maybe mm -hmm. two other people. So I think it's like you're saying, because they're who gets platformed, all our hopes for what we're gonna see widely available, widely accessible rest on them. So mm -hmm. they do end up with more responsibility to more people because it's not like we can just turn, switch the channel and find a different show about safety teenage girls that does things differently. Yeah. So I think, yeah. as always, the solution is let more Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders tell our stories, make our art, and we will yeah. all be better for it. Yeah. Speaking to that. I'm excited for Brown Velma. Yes. We had a whole conversation about you and your costumes, you're tripping over, dropping your glasses. But speaking specifically of Brown teens, Miss Marvel, she's just a few short days away now. 
and we are going to the red carpet. We received two episodes and screeners. I'm not going to spoil shit because we don't have lawsuit money, as I say in every episode. But I want to hear your theories. Give me, give me two quick theories. What do we think is going to happen in the show? So I can go briefly because I actually have not read the comics. So all my mm-hmm. Miss Marvel knowledge is very through osmosis. But the things, I guess, more than theories, things that I'm like most intrigued to see. One, every time that like Daisy, like media is being made, especially in the West, I always like to see if they're going to get in any kind of like Daisy, like pop cultural references. I always want to see, are we going to get a Bollywood moment? Are we going to get like a, a, a cricket moment? Are we going to get references to some like to Hamzafar or like the Pakistani serials, which would be very funny because Fawad Khan is in Miss Marvel. So I'm like intrigued to see what kind of shout outs are we going to get there. And other than that, I again, haven't read the comics, so not a huge amount of theories, but I'm so excited to see Iman Bilani's performance because I don't Maybe know. That's a troll. I've got, I just, I look at her and I've got such a good feeling. I'm just like, I cannot wait to see what she does on screen. Me too. All we've, we've held back on our reactions again, because the bulk of our like content comes out, like Disney content comes out of our Canadian offices. So usually like we run on delay, which Disney fix that shit. We're out here doing the Lord's work. Can we get stuff at the correct time? But it's been very, like all the reactions have been very positive of Iman. So I'm very happy to see like people are appreciating her work. And I'm very excited to see where she goes with it because she's already confirmed for like several Marvel projects upcoming. We have her in Miss Marvel. We have her in the Marvels. So I'm very excited for that. I will say that I, because your girl has an IMD Pro subscription. I was scrolling through the cast list and all. And it would appear that we do have an interracial couple that's not white. It's a... Yes, ma'am. That exists in Marvel. We got a couple, we got a Daisy and a Black couple. So I'm very excited for that. Very excited for that. But I will say, if I see any aunties side-eyeing them and someone doesn't call them out, I will fight. Thank you. I will fucking fight. I'm very excited for that. And also, like, I know a little while ago, there was, like, a script leak where Kamla, you know, Miss Marvel, was, like, sitting on a ledge with her friend and they are like, drinking chai and I think having samosa or something I was like that's cute because that's real shit there are I think every Desi kid every kid who grew up in like the Desi diaspora in the Caribbean you all have the experience of like just sitting up because you couldn't get asleep having chai having pakoras and just like (laughs) shooting the shit I want those moments and I got I will say I'm not Muslim but seeing her in in the masjid the mosque in that trailer, I got a little mo- emotional because it reminded me of when you're in Delhi, like there are so many mosques everywhere. Usually during prayer time, they get really full. So everyone's lined up outside. They're praying together. It was very reminiscent of seeing that growing up. I'm, a, I'm an apologist. As long as they don't fuck it up royally, I will be here for it. But Tori, give me your theories. I'm interested in seeing how the powers will be translated. Mm-hmm. Like all of her powers will be translated on screen. Uh, that's all I really, I'm, I'm a nerd for stuff like that. That's really what I'm most interested in. Like the food. That's what I love seeing yeah. if we're gonna get that. Yeah, because I like this has been a pretty intense topic of discussion back and forth about the people being very upset about her, the change in her powers. And the thing is in the comics, I haven't read all of them, I will say. I haven't seriously read I was Marvel. Trying that, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, like in the comics, there's the whole like Terrigen Mist happens, she gets her powers, and then the thing is, it's her Iman, Imam, that be is like 
is their mentor being like, yeah, girl, you got your powers. Do the right thing. The community's behind you. And I hope that they keep that aspect. I don't want it to be like the stereotypical thing of the Desi, the Muslim community is holding back their child because that's tired. It's mm-hmm. factual for a lot of us, but it is tired. I just want my brown girls to have their moment in the sun, joyful. I know so many of my friends, my Muslim friends are so excited for this show. And I'm like, I just hope that it, it celebrates their joy and their community. And it doesn't be like, this is something you have to escape from because that is such an overdone mm-hmm. narrative in Western media. And like, again, that's not something I want to see cycled out again to show white people how mean and scary basically yeah yeah i will say listen on the red carpet i'm gonna i'm gonna go up to iman and be like hey d i'm gonna talk i'm I'm gonna shoot off some questions in urdu well broken urdu because that's all i got (laughs) my hindi and my urdu are bad but that's what i got brush up is that is it on duolingo yet it is yeah honestly i see let the owl know just tweet it be like hey i know you're a little busy acting a fool on tiktok but can we get patois you know what i don't want them to because it's they do chet hanks will be on (laughs) listen you know what that's a separate conversation we could have had about like the erasure of like desis and like south asian like afro desis in the caribbean and stuff because people forget aapi month doesn't stop in asia in the pacific islands there's the caribbean there are the Afro Desis across Africa, because South Asia, South Asia but... <laughs> so, baby, you are Desi. We're cousins. The the matrilineal line, I see it. All right, y'all, we got to wrap up before this episode gets too long. So I want to hear your bad bitches of the week. Who is it? First, I have to shout out, and I it, it feels weird calling him a bad bitch of the week just for context, but I have to say Beto O'Rourke. I try not to put I don't want to put any politicians on a pedestal. This is not in context of anything. It's less about him and more just that's what it, it we we need people to be angry and to take action. So Fair that's enough. I yeah, I I I can't vote. I'm not a US citizen yet, but it's we it just has to be action. It has to be that. On a lighter note, my mm. bad bitch of the week, Maggie Smith, down Nabby. The dame. Dame. The dame herself. Um the crowd went wild. She brings everything she's got to bring. She's a legend for a reason. Everyone, bow for bow for the dame. I love that. Toro, how about you, baby? Who is your bad bitch of the week? Not you bothering my poor niece. Leave her alone. She was resting. <laughs> this is my bad bitch of the week, Toya, because I got her a stormtrooper plushie, <laughs> and she has damn near chewed it to death. So I think that makes her part of a the job yeah so yeah love that all right bring it back let me see my beautiful baby oh look at her little eyes oh <laughs> cute little baby uh, i'm sad we what audience should we bring in video podcasts is that the move for us so you can see the pets of off color is that what we should be doing let us know below my bad bitch of the week i will have to give it up to iman Vellani my Toronto girl. That is the only time I give a fuck about being from Toronto. Other than that, <laughs> fuck the city. But I'm on. I'm going to give it up to her. And then also I'm going to give it up to the author of Dating Dr. Dill, Nisha Sharma. She is a mutual. She is an author. Your Honor, when I tell you that fingering in the shed. What? You have to, uh, no, the book. The Listen. Book. The book. Not in a the shed. Okay. 
Not in a shed. I'm, I'm sorry. Over... I forgot. Um, only in the creamery. The creamery. Only in the creamery. Miss <laughs> Creamery is classy. <laughs> With a long spoon. There is no fingers. I'm about to change her her name to, to Creamery in my phone. <laughs> the Creamery can't. Not a triple K. Ooh. Okay. Y'all, we need to wrap up before we we continue to act fools on air. Okay, Thank you so much. Creamery. You know what? Now you hurt my feelings. I got to go dig into my ice cream. <laughs> dig in. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. This has been an Off Color production. Make sure you follow us everywhere at Off Color Org. That's color with a U. Check out our Patreon for exclusive content and leave us a review while you're here. Until next time, we're off. <laughs> <laughs>